0: This podcast is brought to you by MetaShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MetaShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast Presented by Metashare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. We're not necessarily experts, but rather fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. I'm Bryce Johnson from Unpacking It Ministries. Excited to be with you today. We will get into the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook in just a little bit. This week's topic is about not giving up in fantasy and in life. We'll be joined, as always, by Harrison Zuckerberg, who joins us in Texas. I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Unpacking at Ministry studio. We are brought to you by MetaShare. My wife and I, we're, we're so thankful that we've been MediShare members for over five years, and I'm, I'm exci- excited to partner with them to let you know as listeners that this is an option for you, that, that it's been an affordable and effective way for us to pay for health care, and it can be the same for you. Uh, you can visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it, MediShare.com slash unpacking it, To find out more information, MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. So check it out, MediShare.com slash unpacking it, and we thank them for their awesome support and partnership here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. All right, Harrison, let's say hello to you. Let's begin with some fantasy shenanigans and... I'm going to let you go first because my shenanigans are uh, pretty negative today. Not a great week for me in fantasy, but we'll talk all about it. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I had a crazy fantasy week where it just seemed like everything went right no matter what I did. And the first part of that was we mentioned a few weeks ago, Mission Impossible this season was Jacoby Myers catching an NFL touchdown pass. And he did it. He finally did it. Catches his first career NFL touchdown pass. I mean, got to feel great for him and also for fantasy actually being able to break through. You know, maybe he'll become a red zone threat from now on. And This is what we're going to see from him. So that was big for me. Um, And then another Patriots player. Ramondre Stevenson. When I heard the news that Damian Harris was going to be officially out this week, I picked up Stevenson in every single league that I had, all five leagues, every league, and started him. And he pretty much carried me to victory this week in every one of them with
0: two touchdowns, hundred yards, just monster game that he had. He was awesome. And he should have been in lineups. He should have been on rosters. There's no question about it. This is a Damian Harris show. Both of us were in on him heading into the season, and I still am in on Damian Harris and hope he gets back healthy this week and he should be the starter again. But going back to, if you've been listening to the show, I spoke very highly of this year's preseason because I watched the preseason, and I never understand why everybody poops poos the preseason. There, is, there are things that you can gather from it, and one of those things was, Stevenson was really good for New England. He was scoring touchdowns. And I think especially for rookies, if we've never seen them before, that's our first chance. That's our first, you know, debut. And if they look good and they can play, you got to keep your eye on them and you got to remember that. And so Stevenson, he, he, he he rewarded fantasy owners that that took a shot on him, you know, picking him over JJ Taylor or Bolden, maybe more familiar names to, to many fantasy owners going into the weekend. Uh, But Stevenson was a guy. So glad that you, uh, Took advantage of that. I only had him in one league, but was glad to have him. Sometimes I don't like to have two players from the same team, uh, especially the same position. So uh, I've got Damon Harris in a couple of leagues. So that that hurt me in a big way. So for me, for I think this is the first time this year, I went 0-6. I'm in six leagues. Lost them all. It was unbelievable. And you know, you could go, oh, well, why are you doing a show? You don't know anything about fantasy. It's one week. And And as we... Look at teams like the Rams, the Bucks, the Bills from two weeks ago. Even the great teams have down weeks. It's part of the deal. You get bye weeks. You get injuries. Things happen um, in fantasy. And so I'm not panicking by any means. I don't make any kind of drastic – I have one team that's pretty bad. Derrick Henry went down and, you know, I'm dealing – Kyler Murray. So I'm dealing with some issues there that that are – I'm not sure there's a lot of hope. But the rest of the leagues, I'm fine. And so for you listening today, the encouragement is – Don't get bent out of shape if it was a a down week. The NFL is especially weird this year. You look at all the different divisions, everybody's still in the mix. Think about last night. San Francisco, they're now back in the mix. Seattle kind of looks bad against Green Bay. You're wondering, all right, they might be out. So now San Francisco's in there with the the Rams and uh, Arizona. They lose to Carolina. So the point is, it's a long fantasy season. If you play daily fantasy, that's a different story. But we talk about season-long fantasy on this show. And you're going to ride the waves of results. And so uh, we keep looking at the big picture. But anyway, the, uh, the biggest shenanigans for me, I, I can't believe TJ Hawkinson scored zero points for Detroit in a game that they tied. <laughs> maybe you would have won if you threw the ball to Hawkinson. So uh, that was a big shocker for me. And every year in fantasy, there's I don't think I wrote a devotional about this, but maybe there's a, there's a player that you just let get away. Where you just you couldn't draft him. You wanted him, but you couldn't draft him. That guy for me, AJ Dillon. I just, I don't have him on any of my rosters. I love the guy. I think he's a great running back. I've been waiting for him to emerge. And he did it on Sunday against Seattle. And he's a guy. If you've got him, start him. No questions asked. And I even think he could win leagues this year. I, th- I think there's a chance. Now, Jones is only supposed to be out one to two weeks, but still. I I think he's Dylan's going to be awesome. So anyway, those are my shenanigans. Any, uh, any last thoughts before we do, I'm convinced. So one more thing, speaking of ties. So in my fantasy
1: league this year, the bunch of my friends this week, there was actually a tie in fantasy full on tie 120.74 to 120.74. So now what happened is that ESPN gave, you know, the victory to one of my other friends because he had the most bench points on his team. So I'm wondering, how would you resolve this based on a tie? Would you leave it a tie? Would you give it a victory? Now, his argument is that the other... So the kid who had less bench points, his bench was filled with you know guys like rookies who might break out later or guys who had injuries who he was stashing for when they came back. So he wasn't getting any production from his bench. So he's like, why should that count towards my score? I'm playing upside on my bench. Why should I be penalized for that in a tie? So I'm wondering, what is your philosophy... Undeciding ties in
0: fantasy football. Wow. I'm not sure I've ever seen. Maybe once. I've, I've I, never seen it life. either. Unbelievable. I, I lean toward bench scoring. Just, yeah, whoever had the better bench that week gets gets the tie. Because um, cause in the playoffs, you absolutely have to have tiebreakers. And I think I have that in most of my rules is that, yeah, whoever had more bench points wins. So, but it, so the, nothing was in there in the the league rules. Well, it was just right? it was just
1: like the ESPN standard league rules standard, said okay. that whoever had the most bench points win. But there was arguments on either side whether it was valid. You know, like it should be the nine guys in your starting lineup. One idea that they had that was actually kind of funny was getting two Madden teams and putting their fantasy players on Madden teams <laughs> and playing a <the> game of <laughs> Madden like, against
0: each other to see who wins. Yeah, I like it. That's that's a clever idea. That works. Um, uh, man, that's amazing—the the ties. Wow, and the fact that it happened in in the one week that there is a tie in the NFL. Which I know is still that's yeah. pretty rare. <laughs> Maybe once a year, probably it happens, but uh, that that's wild. So, the NFL season—that's this is why we love it. I talked about it on yesterday's Unpacking It Live podcast. I don't care what Netflix show you watch, what Hulu show you watch. There's nothing better than the drama in the NFL, the unpredictability. You can't write these scripts. You absolutely can't. And I was talking specifically about Cam Newton. So, uh, but yeah, all the storylines, it's, it's amazing. You know, I think about the last night with the Rams here, they get these two big signings, the debut of these guys, they lay another egg, but now they go into a bye week. They can work things out. And, and so that leads us into what I'm convinced of this week. And I'm convinced the Rams and the bucks who have recently struggled will be absolutely fine. They're the two teams that I believe will be playing in the NFC Championship. And I believe that the players on those teams will be helping you get to a fantasy championship. And so I lost this week because I've got Matthew Stafford in a couple of leagues and he's he laid an egg. But I'm not giving up on him. I'm still going to start him. I still buy into the Rams. I still buy into McVay. I still buy. I would actually go try to trade for Daryl Henderson because. That offense is going to get clicking again. They still want to run the ball. I actually like Sony Michelle too. Is kind of if Henderson gets hurt, stash Michelle on your bench, even though he hasn't done a ton yet. I think there's still potential there. And I, the cup was fine. He didn't get into the end zone, but still had a nice, nice game. So uh, I'm not panicked about the Bucks. They're still going to lock in. They'll get things figured out. Even like last week with the Cowboys, an unbelievable offense. They're going to be great. So these teams with with great fantasy players. They figure it out. The Chiefs, right? So I'm convinced you still want to ride these teams. Unless it's like major injuries, that's a different story. But as long as you know, if they struggle for a couple of weeks here or there, don't panic. Just keep rolling with them. The Rams have to figure things out without Robert Woods. Apparently that's a big loss for them, even though from a fantasy perspective he hasn't had a great season. But his role in the offense, whether it's blocking or decoy or the types of routes that he runs that sets up other things for the offense, They missed him last night, and that was evident in trying to get OBJ involved, which we'll talk more about. But that's what I'm convinced of. What about for you?
1: I'm convinced that, Bryce, somewhere out there you have a hitman taking out running backs in the NFL. I don't know how you're doing it. I don't want to know. But I'm convinced that there's someone out there taking out these running backs. There is no way. Every single week, Aaron Jones this week after, you know, recently you said AJ Dillon, you didn't know if Aaron Jones. Oh, I don't know if Aaron Jones can make it. We'll see what happens. There's no coincidence that Aaron Jones goes down two weeks later. I'm convinced Derrick Henry's not going to win you your fantasy season. Week after that, Derrick Henry's out for the rest of the year. I mean, David yeah. Montgomery got injured earlier after you were talking about Herbert all season, Miles Sanders after you were talking about Kenneth Gainwell. There's no way. Come on. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna tell anyone. No one on the show listening will say anything the NFL NFL coaches. But come on. Just admit it. There's someone out there. You got a trainer in the locker room who's <laughs> putting some – Bad tape or you know something on the ankles. I like, come on, it's
0: it's it's ridiculous. It, it is crazy. Oh my goodness! And I, I'm gonna say it here. I, I not that I, w- I don't want anybody to get injured, but if I had to guess on who who is next, go get Samaje Pirine. Go get Samaje. I'm not gonna say who. It, if you, you better know who Pirine is, go get him. If you want to prepare, go get him right now. So that's I'll I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. But uh, but that's a good, I'm convinced. Uh, you were talking about ties and wondering about what to do in, in your league. So as a commissioner, I'm beside myself right now. I'm convinced I don't know what to do with the fantasy playoffs this year because I have already scheduled week 14, 15, 16 to be the playoffs like it's been every year. I've been playing forever, especially in my main league that I've been in the longest. We have, thir- we have 14 teams. That means 13 weeks. We get to play everybody one time throughout the season. It's the perfect league. It's the perfect schedule, uh, or it's not the perfect league. We want it. We think it is, but it's not. But but it's the perfect schedule for the league. And now all of a sudden, I'm thinking we're going to have to have a bye week. Everybody goes on a bye week in week 14 because this is the problem. Week 14 is filled with the Colts on a bye. I think the Eagles and one other team they're on a bye in week 14. NFL, what have you done? You've ruined a good thing. You greed. They had to have an extra game. And it's like fans didn't want it. Like, we'll keep watching. We, we know that. But we weren't begging for another week. And as fantasy owners, to me, this just, this just ruins it. Because now we don't know. What is week well, 16, 17, and 18 this year? What's it going to look like? our team's going to be benching players. Thankfully, no teams are pulling away from everybody. And that's actually, you know, it's kind of good that the Rams and the Bucks and Dallas and, you know, some of these teams of Arizona have been losing because it, it, you know, evens it out a little bit. And you're fighting for home field advantage. Even the chiefs for that matter, um, fighting to win their division and get home field potentially in the AFC, which is still open. Um, So anyway, I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't know if you know what you're doing in your leagues, Harrison, but it's kind of a mess because now you got to start the playoffs in weeks 15, in week 15, but it kind of messes up the regular season schedule.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this has been a real issue for my leagues too, because there's so much like the way the NFL season has been because no teams are pulling away. That means no one's really pulling away in fantasy either. I feel like every one of my fantasy leagues right now is six and four, five and five. So you know, we like to have it like a, a six or eight team playoff if you're in a 12 man league. So it's not just the top four because there's so much in between where teams are really equal that, that, you know, four teams, it's not truly who's the four best at the end of the season. Yep. But we can't really do that now because you need then more time for the playoffs if there's more teams. And in the past, what we've done too is I didn't like to have any games when I was a commissioner on week 17 because. If you have the MVP of the league on your team for fantasy, most likely his team's doing really well in real life too. Like if it's Lamar Jackson, he'll probably sit out week 17 because there's no reason to play him and get injured. And then what do you do for fantasy? If your best player's sitting out, you're going to lose a championship game and that's not your fault at all. But I can't move it up this year because then the same thing will happen if we move it up, having someone in week 14. Being sitting like sitting out, so yeah. there's just it's a lose lose situation. Someone's going to have to pay with just having part of their lineup out, and I mean, I, I really don't see any solution to it. It's just going to be really unfortunate if whoever has their bye weeks like that. And it just could be the rules everyone has to play by. I don't know what I'm going to do in some of my leagues. I guess we'll just you know just see how it ends up working out.
0: Yeah, I guess the argument to keep the playoffs beginning in week 14 is that at least you know. Who has a bye? The problem at the end of the season, you don't really know what team what coaches are going to decide to do with the star players. Because a lot of times, they'll play them for the first quarter. They're like, yeah, we're going to play Lamar, we're going to play Tom Brady, and then they they pull them at the end of the first quarter because they get up by 14 or whatever, and ultimately the result doesn't matter because they're locked into a playoff seed. And so that messes us up as fantasy owners trying to figure that out. At least with a bye week, you know they're not playing. So then you can start preparing now for that, but... Yeah, it could bite you pretty bad if, you know, key players are are on a bye. And Colts players are playing well. Jonathan Taylor might be the best running back in the league uh, at this point based on oh, how well he's played and injuries to other guys. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating situation. So, uh, listeners, would love to hear what your league is doing for the playoffs this year. Let us know. Uh, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. All right, let's jump into the playbook, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get back to Harrison, and we'll do a little uh, accountability and confession. We'll uh, look at the waiver wire and a couple of the other, bi- other big fantasy storylines. But let me jump into the play- playbook. Week 11 is where we're at, and so hopefully you've bought the playbook uh, on FantasyFootballFellowship.com or on Amazon. A good little uh, Christmas gift for for the people in your life that also love fantasy or a gift for yourself. So uh check that out, the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. This week never giving up. And I love this from uh former Dallas Cowboys head coach Tom Landry, a winner never stops trying. And and that's the the point of today because in fantasy football it happens in every league a lot of leagues every season, there's always the one guy who just checks out from fantasy, right? His team loses early or as soon as Derrick Henry got hurt, he's like, I'm out. And he just, uh, he stops caring. Maybe he still does a lineup, but he's not as active as he needs to be on the waiver wire or he's not really making trades to, to make his team better. He just thinks, yeah, I'm not going to win it all this year. I- I'm out. The problem with that is it ruins the integrity of the league. You, you want all the owners to give all they have up until the end of the season, even if their games don't matter because it still affects the overall outcomes of fantasy matchups. And so you want your league members to keep fighting until the end. And, and like you said, Harrison, this, this year is so competitive that hopefully more people are active up until the end because they're fighting for a playoff spot. But, but even if you're at the bottom, you don't want to finish last. So f- do whatever you can. Fight hard to not finish last but don't put guys that are in a buy or guys that are out in your starting lineups. Like that's always the worst. And if you, even, it's always tough. If you see someone else in your league doing that, do you tell that guy to do it? You don't want to mess up with fantasy matchups. It's just like a wild thing. But to me, you all you, every, every lineup in the league should have active players. That's a legitimate lineup. So that's the, uh, that's the side of you know, the fantasy side of things when it comes to life. There are also times where you know, we feel like giving up, where we feel like ah, nothing's working out, it's, it's not my year, it's not my season, <laughs> and, and we just feel so defeated and, and we want to give up. And, and sometimes, you know, in fantasy too, it's like we're doing all, we. sometimes we're actually doing the right things. We're actually putting together good lineups and we're still losing. And, and it gets very discouraging then. And even in those moments, we want to give up uh, as well. And and so in life, sometimes we feel like, man, I'm doing all the right things, and things still aren't going the way that I had hoped they would. And it's it's an unfortunate thing. Injuries hit us in fantasy, injuries hit us in life, and sometimes we we just we feel like we want to give up. However, it's during these times that we've got to keep going. And remember in Galatians where it says, to not grow weary of doing good, but in due season, we will reap. If we do not give up and I'll say this. So in my fantasy league, I'm in first place. I played the last place team this past week and lost to him, but I got to give this guy credit. He's been working the waiver wire. He picked up some incredible guys on the waiver wire and he's got a good team. Now he's at least competing. He's not going to finish last. Like he was destined to do at one point. Uh, And he beat me. And so, Thankfully, I'm still in first place, but I think I'm tied now. But, uh, but, but that's, that's the mentality that we also have to have in life because even if we feel like we're losing for a while, if we don't give up and we continue to do the right thing, we continue to trust God, we continue to follow Him and obey Him, just like this verse says, in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And so even if we you know fail temporarily and our circumstances look bleak, God still is working in us and through us and uses those situations for our good and for his purposes. And it, you know, it's up to us to keep going and depend on him for strength, depend on him for energy, the, the, the continued right perspective. And in Romans it says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So we keep on going. We don't give up. We keep on praying and, and and we remain patient even when, when trouble hits. And so just like the respected fantasy league owners who put in the effort all the way until the end, they reveal their commitment to the league. They reveal their, com- their integrity. Same for us. We reveal our commitment to Jesus. We gain respect from, from other people when we keep going until, until the end, we keep, we keep, pushing through, keep persevering. And in 1 Corinthians, it says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And so let's not give up on, on God or walk away and start doing our own thing, uh, but let's continue to persevere, trust him, follow him, and and lean on him for strength. And so this is a key you know, element for us as as believers, for those of us that that do follow Jesus, and and for those of you that that are searching and wondering uh, you know, whether or not God's real, He shows up in those moments when we feel like giving up, and He reveals Himself in powerful ways. And I've seen Him just show up in my life in in just miraculous, supernatural, only God can come through in those moments type of ways. And when I feel like giving up, man, He just keeps me going, gets me through. You know. All right, one more day. Let's go. It's not time to give up, not time to throw in the towel. So, same thing in fantasy. You never know when that backup running back sitting on your bench becomes a starter and now all of a sudden you got one of the you got an RB1. <laughs> in in real life and in fantasy, and now all of a sudden you're you're in a better position. And that happens in life too. Things change quickly. That's why we can't that's why we can't give up. So there you go. You can unpack that. That's the lesson from the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook this week. All right, let's get into some accountability and confession. And I'll uh, I'll do two quick ones here. So I started Giovanni Bernard for the second time this year. It's like I'm delusional. Like, for some reason, I think he's going to be this contributor where I just, in my mind, I can see Tom Brady dumping the ball off to Bernard and him just having a big day, and it never seems to happen. Not Not the weeks that I actually play him. He's had maybe one or two. Nice games this year. So I absolutely blew it on him. And then I also, I benched Tannehill, who scored 19 points, in favor of Wentz, who scored 6.6 points. And then I benched Jerry Judy, who scored 11 points, in favor of Hawkinson, who scored zero points. So I totally whiffed. And those were like last second, almost minutes before kickoff, lineup changes. And you got to, you can't do that. It's silly to do that. Those last second ones very rarely work out for me, so I, I absolutely blew it. So that's my uh, that's my accountability this week. What about for you? One that
1: I blew this week was Brandon Iyuk. Um, I started him in a couple leagues picked him up off waivers after he had two solid weeks did absolutely nothing last night on Monday night football only three receptions for 26 yards and it's the same thing where like you talked about Giovanni Barron I keep having this vision remember seeing him last year making yeah. like hurtling dives towards the end zone and being instead I'm like all right well like this is a game where he's going to go off you know Debo Samuel is going to get all the attention from Jalen Ramsey and Brian Ayuk will be able to be the second option but it just never happens. The breakout just never comes um and then there's other one that you know Odell Beckham from the same game, you know I didn't have him in any leagues. I wasn't able to get him after I you know gave my whole I'm convinced last week, but he only had two receptions, I think, this this week. And, you know, another – I think that's just a big bust overall for the Rams. Um, so accountability for this week, if you started him after hearing my I'm convinced and analysis on the show last week. But I have faith that they'll turn it around. I don't think this is a one um, – this one week is going to be predictive of the rest of the season.
0: Uh, yeah, I think they're going to use him. And he had one sick catch last night. And I, I think that's, like, that's what he's capable of. And I think they'll continue to try to find him and – They'll work him into the offense. I, yeah, I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm still in on the Rams, and, and I am in on OBJ, especially with Woods going down. It opens up the door. There's plenty to go around for him. There is. Uh, Higby got into the end zone last night, but they're, they're, the Rams will get back to scoring a ton of points. We know they're capable of it, and he'll, he'll reap the benefits of that for sure. All right, so each of us kind of nailed something on last week's show, so I'll give you a little love for the Dante Foreman uh, call and this Titans backfield is still a little muddy. We're trying to get some clarity on it, but I think you're onto something with Foreman. And so, you know, wh- remind us what you thought last week and then what you saw on, on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Against, so Who have a good, have a good against, rush defense. Against the Saints, who have a great rush defense. Yeah. So what I saw was that, you know, Foreman, I thought, was going to take over this backfield Um from Adrian Peterson to McNichols just because he was the better running back. And that's kind of what we saw. He led the team in carries. He actually had more receptions than McNichols. He had two receptions for 40-something yards, had a big big uh, catch. Um, And he only scored 9.8 this week, which isn't terrible, but isn't what you want to get. But I think going forward against the Texans this week, that will be a game where they should be up by a lot and he should get some carries in the second half especially. Um, And I'll give you some love too. Matt Breida, your guy, you talked about coming in, stepping in for the Bills. He had a big week.
0: Wow. So, you know, I liked him in San Francisco. He's from the FCS level. Uh, he went to actually our arch rival at App State, Georgia Southern. But um, but he's a good player. So he he rushed three times for 28 yards, got a touchdown. Uh, this was against the Jets. But he also caught three passes for another 22 yards and a touchdown. And and, and like I said last week, i, I I want to see the Bills run the ball and utilize their running backs even more. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are just okay. They haven't done enough. And so if you can add Burita into the mix, and I'm not sure that he's going to be this unbelievable fantasy guy this year, but I think he showed what he's capable of. And I think he's worthy of more opportunities as the season goes on. And that's a high-powered offense. Cole Beasley seems to be a little banged up. So they're looking for some other options. And I would like to see them continue with Brita. But, but it was funny because I kind of threw his name out there. And I was wondering if anybody else in the fantasy world, like, all right, who, who's going to throw that name out there? Uh, so I think he probably caught a, a lot of people off guard, but not me, not me, because I like Brita. So there you go. Um, all right. So a couple of the big storylines, just kind of asking the question, you know, now what, what? What do we make of this? And we'll start with Cam Newton and his return to Carolina and his unbelievable debut in Arizona, two touches, two touchdowns, uh, which is a crazy way to start things. So overall, I think he'll be a reasonable fantasy player this year. Like, I, I think you can add him to your team and feel pretty good about it. There, there's going to be opportunity. He's gonna, He scores touchdowns. That's one thing that we know he can do. I still don't think he's going to be throwing for 300 yards, which makes me nervous about DJ Moore. And I think that's where I'm most worried about uh, he wasn't even involved with PJ Walker uh, this past week. DJ, DJ Moore has had kind of a slow decline because him and Sam Darnold were clicking early in the year. I drafted more in two leagues. So I'm very concerned. Um, I think cam will be great for CMC. And I just don't know if it's going to be Robbie Anderson. Robbie played. he got the touchdown this week. Um, so maybe that continues with Anderson. I'm not overly confident of that either, but Cam will, he likes the tight end. So maybe you think about tremble a little bit. He always liked Greg Olson, of course. Uh, He likes big receivers, or at least that's what the Panthers thought that he needed. That's why they drafted Kelvin Benjamin and Devante or uh, Devin Funchess. Uh, Neither of those guys worked out too well. But anyway, overall, yeah, I think Cam's probably a borderline. Yeah, I think he's like QB 15 in that range, at least to start, you know, have lower expectations with some potential because he can run the ball and get into the end zone.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely accurate, because I saw something that he's averaged over 17 fantasy points per game every season he's been in the NFL, which isn't amazing. And he was a pretty bad NFL quarterback these last few years. But if you're getting 17 points from a guy, you're picking up waivers off quarterback. I mean, that's fine. That's what you're looking for around that 17, 18, 19 range. And I think it is because of the rushing, you know, He's going to get a rushing touchdown whenever he wants around the goal line. And especially we talked about, you know, CMC Christian McCaffrey going between the tackles, getting banged up. If you can have Cam take those hits yep. around the goal line instead of Christian McCaffrey, and that's kind of what they did uh, this Sunday. I think that's great for the Panthers offense just overall. Keep McCaffrey healthy, get Pam, Cam his. I think that's a
0: great formula for them. Yep, no question. He's the best goal line back we've seen in, in many years. He really is. Maybe Derrick Henry, but Cam, Cam is right there for sure. Uh, so the other interesting thing to keep an eye out for, uh, you know, now what What do we make of teams coming off a bye? So you got the Texans, you got the Bears, the Bengals, and the Giants. So none of these teams are unbelievable, but the Bengals have had a lot of fantasy relevance this year. Uh, so, I, you know, C.J. Uzuma, Uzoma, Uzoma, as a tight end is an interesting guy. I would take a look at him on waivers. Uh, Like I mentioned, P Ryan, absolutely add him coming off uh, the bye week. Um, And then with the, the bears you mentioned last week, you know, you think Justin Fields is going to come on toward the end of the season. I would agree with that. Um, And then I was also listening to somebody else talk about David Montgomery and I was on ESPN this time last year, Montgomery went on the tear toward the end of the season. And it's a similar setup this year where he's got some easy matchups where it might happen again. So if there are, maybe a trade for Montgomery or, or you get excited. I've got him on my couple of teams. So I'm excited to put him back in the lineup because last week he, well, he was on a buy. And then the week before that I had him on the IR spot. Cause he played Monday night and I didn't activate him. So uh, anything else, any other players coming off the buy you're intrigued by?
1: Yeah. I think the bears offense as a whole as intriguing. You know, I talked about Justin Fields last week. I think Darnell Mooney's another guy. Um, there that will be interesting uh the giants as well i think Kadarius tony could be interesting he was a guy who was getting a lot of love uh prior to the bye week so you know there's definitely guys on those teams that you know we should keep our eyes on because a lot of them were dropped because later in the season bye weeks you just can't afford to keep guys you know so many injuries this last few weeks you can't afford to have injured guys and guys on bye weeks on your bench while people Mm were forced to drop them even
0: though they might have been good players that's a great point. There are some guys on your on your waiver wire that you'll you'll be surprised are there because of the buys and injuries. That's a that's a great point. And that that will probably happen a lot over the next few weeks, especially as when injuries stack up and your your IR spot is already used up, it makes it tough even like for me like do I keep Derrick Henry on the IR spot cuz he might not come back this season? Like there's a good chance that he doesn't come back and I might be just wasting kind of that spot for some of the guys that are out for a week here or there and then you you add bench depth. So, yeah, that's a I, tricky thing. Yeah, and I think one thing we we're talking about
1: before was that week 14 by That could be a time where if you're in the playoffs, you know, a lot of guys are going to get dropped who probably shouldn't that week 14 because if it's the playoffs, you need to start someone or else you're yeah. going home either way. So then week 15, if some Colts players are are on the waiver wire, if Michael Pittman's on the waiver wire because someone had to get a starting receiver that could really work to some team's advantages in the playoffs too.
0: Gosh. Yeah. That's, that's going to be wild. The, uh, the other thing I'm wondering about uh, Seattle struggling as bad as they did in Russell Wilson's return. I I'm starting to think this is just going to be a bad year for Seattle. And that this is like the end. It's the end of Pete Carroll. It's the end of Russell Wilson in Seattle. It's starting to feel like that. That was a weird game against Green Bay. I mean, neither team really did well except for Green Bay at the end. DK Metcalf getting frustrated. Carson, I mean, Chris Carson with this neck injury, I mean, that's just a major injury, but they are not declaring him out. It's like for good. He might come back, we don't know. You know, Alex Collins is just okay. Like they don't really have a lot of answers. Like I, I don't know. I'm not overly confident that they're going to turn this around, especially in their tough division. Are you selling or buying uh, the the Seahawks at this point?
1: I'm selling the Seahawks. And this was something at the beginning, you know, when Russell Wilson first got injured, it was a little bit of overreaction on my part. But I said, I don't think Russell Wilson plays for the Seahawks next season Mm. because there's already rumors this offseason that he wasn't going to play for them this year, that he was looking for a trade. And you look at this Seahawks team, the issues that they have are not ones that can be fixed overnight. Like their defense is not very good. Their offensive line is not very good. It's not like one of those things where, like, you know, if you look at New England or or Tampa Bay or, like, some of the other teams that, like, went from, you know, have been really bad to then really good. If you get Tom Brady, obviously that fixes a lot of things. In New England, they signed a bunch of receivers in the offseason. It's hard to then sign an entire brand-new offensive line for Russell Wilson next year or an entire new defense overnight. This is going to be a long rebuilding process, and I just don't know Going forward, how much Russell Wilson wants to be a part of that. I mean, it's gonna be really interesting to see this offseason if they end up being, you know, as bad as they are right now, what happens to this entire team as a whole?
0: Because so there's a difference when like toward the end of the season and, and how it affects fantasy, when teams are clearly out of the playoffs, sometimes the young teams, like the Jets or the Dol- or the Dolphins or the uh Jags, I was gonna say. Those types of teams, the Bengals last year, like they finish strong, or, or some of their players will finish strong because they're growing and developing. They have a reason to play, but when it's like a veteran team that's winding down their run, it it can get ugly. Like you just it, you don't have the, the 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 energy, the intangible, and so like Russell Wilson. I don't know. I just I could see this happening in Seattle. It could it could get ugly. Um, which makes me nervous because I've got DK Metcalf, but um and Chris Carson. So Yeah, and you're talking about, you know, like younger guys getting opportunities. Like a team that we've
1: been out on is the Pittsburgh Steelers because we kind of see that same thing happening. But Pat Fryermouth so has been great because they've given him the opportunity as a younger player, you know, see what they have for next year. There's not really any rookie guys like that on the Seahawks that are going to get yeah. a shot. They don't really have a running back. I mean, Dwayne Eskridge, they took in the mid rounds of the draft this year, but it's not like he's going to get opportunities over DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett at receiver. You know, from fantasy ass, like they don't really have that guy who could get a chance and break out just because they are
0: such a veteran team. Yeah. No, that's, and I'll be curious what other teams fall into that category over the next couple of weeks. Atlanta potentially. Now Patterson's out. Um, so that could, things could get ugly in Atlanta. Uh, New Orleans potentially too. Things could unravel there. With, without James Winston, I mean, Trevor Simeon's just not going to win you games. Their defense will keep them in games. It's not going to win them games. And I, I was going to do this from I'm convinced, but I, I'm not sure Alvin Kamara is going to be winning fantasy leagues this year. So if you can trade him and, and still get an RB1, I would go I would try to trade Kamara. I'm not counting on him down the stretch. I I just not with Trevor Simeon as my quarterback or even Taysom Hill if they switch to him getting more as the starter. So, he would actually he hurts Kamara Kamara too. Kamara Kamara whatever whatever you call him. Um he's awesome, but he's he's been out he's out this past week and you know who knows how healthy he'll be down the stretch. So, I, yeah, I'm hesitant hesitant on the Saints as well. Um all right. Let's get real quickly to Investor Pass, our waiver wire. Uh, To me, it's a little quiet on the waiver wire this week. Three tight ends, maybe to keep an eye out for, but a lot of these guys might actually already be on rosters as well. Dan Arnold, Logan Thomas coming off an injury, and Cole Komet coming off a bye in Chicago. So I was real high on Cole Komet to start the season. I had him on most of my teams. I dropped him basically everywhere, Um, but I'm intrigued to get him back as that that number yeah, two or three weapon there uh in the passing game so he's gotten you know he's shown glimpses uh throughout the season so I'd like to see him finish the season strong which he did last year as well um so I like him and I also like Dan Arnold in Jacksonville he's had consistent steady production over the last few weeks and and Trevor Lawrence seems to seems to like him but but what do you make of of Logan Thomas and his return and him and Ricky Seals Jones, they both play. Who do you like? Are they fantasy worthy? You keep a, a closer eye on Washington.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Ricky Seals Jones got a little banged up this week. So I think Logan Thomas would be the guy uh, if he comes back and is fully healthy. I think he has great, you know, chemistry within that offense and he's does a lot of things that they like to incorporate. So I think he'd be a good pickup if he comes back and and is fully healthy and ready to go. Um, Another thing that I was looking at is just, you know, the Cordell Patterson news that you were talking about him being out. Do we think anything of this Atlanta, you know, backfield situation? I know overall we've been avoided with Mike Davis, but in, in a deeper league, if you need a running back, does Wayne Gallman maybe get a look from you on the waiver wire? I personally, I don't think so,
0: but I just wanted to hear your take on that. Uh no, I, I'm gonna say no to Gallman. He he may give you one or two weeks here or there, but I, I now nah, I wouldn't get too excited about that. Yeah, and then another name running back that I
1: thought may just throw out with you know Le'Veon Bell being released by the Ravens. Now that we have some more clarity in that backfield, um, you know, is Devonta Freeman someone who if he is on waivers, like because I know people have just wanted nothing to do with that Ravens backfield
0: is he someone that you would go out and maybe look at now? So I dropped Latavius Murray. I may go back to Murray if he's back healthy, um, but I wouldn't be overly excited about him or Freeman or Tyson. I, to me, Tyson Williams, Tyson Williams. Yeah, Tyson Williams. Um, he, he was, was a great. guy
1: that yeah, I thought was going to be great because he looked really good in the preseason, like we said, and was yeah. good for
0: those first couple of weeks, and they just moved off of him. They haven't really given – to me, they haven't given him enough carries to even know what he can do. So, yeah, it's still a little murky there. It's all—it's kind of an avoidable backfield. Um, but, I mean, Freeman does get into the end zone. Murray's gotten into the end zone. But Lamar's the one that – Lamar's that the
1: running the back that you want on the team. Yeah.
0: He carries the load, no question about it. All right, let's wrap things up with one-hit wonders. Uh, we give you a one-hit wonder fantasy-wise and then a one-hit wonder – in the music world. So I will start with the player, Noah gray, great one hit wonder Duke player came out. of came out of Duke, a Duke tight end um, this week. He had one reception, one yard, one touchdown. That's my favorite one hit wonder when it's just one across the board, baby. So uh, good for him. Kind of, kind of vulture, a, a tight end, a, a tight end touchdown from Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey still had a nice game for sure. And then this past weekend, it was the Charlotte Turkey Bowl, uh, one of the events that we put on here at Unpacking It and, and partnered with a couple of ministries to do it. And it was awesome, 28 teams, had a blast. And I put together the music playlist for the day. So I used pump-up songs, some of my favorite rock songs, rap songs, it's, it's good stuff. Um, Space Jam made an appearance, and one of the songs I did was The Final Countdown, so this is a, a song by a, a Swedish rock band Europe, and they they, uh, they released this in 1986, the final countdown. So uh, it's got a good you know kind of synthesized type uh, beat to it, but it worked worked pretty well at, at for a sporting event. So yeah, there, no, you- I.
1: I, lo- I love that song. I also find it really funny that the band's name is Europe because I'm sure when that song came over to America, like us having no idea, we're like, oh, I like that song. Who sings it? like, ah, eh, probably someone in Europe. And that was just how,
0: like, the band was referred to, which was really funny. Um, also, so- quick side note, I'm Swedish. Yeah. That's my background. So there you go. So from the homeland, <laughs> song from the homeland, the final countdown. So my one-hit wonder of the week is Isaiah McKenzie-
1: uh wide receiver running back return man you know Swiss Army knife hybrid for the Buffalo Bills he had one reception for 12 yards and then two carries for 17 yards and a rushing touchdown. Kind of like Matt Brito, like you said, just getting involved any way they could, trying to get the balls into people's hands. And, and he got a touchdown. Um, my song is Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Probably another one that you could have thrown on yes, the uh, list. It was. That All was. right. There we go. Yeah.
0: There you go. Double dip. I like it. I like the theme today, the, the Turkey Bowl uh, playlist. It's almost such a good playlist I, i've been I've been working it for the last like four years. so take a song, add a song. it's it's strong. We play a uh, stadium uh like band marching band uh what do you call it an alma mater song. what's the name? I can't think of the name of it. Your fight song there you go. fight songs. so we we play all those from all the different colleges, so it's great. but uh, but anyway, both of those songs made the made the list as well on Spotify. All right. Harrison, another great show. Uh, Appreciate you. Next week, we will do a Thanksgiving edition of the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. Uh, And then we'll we'll go up until really the end of the season. Christmas will be a little interesting. But uh, appreciate everybody listening each week. And thanks so much to MetaShare, our presenting sponsor. Again, it's MediShare.com slash unpacking it. And appreciate their support. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan and a fantasy owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that's true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy owners who follow Jesus together. Hope you have a great rest of your day, a great week. We will talk to you next time right here. On the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast presented by Metashare.